day one, I fired all the SEO clients, which was a third of revenue. And so we went from 50 to 40 on day one. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is JP Quarry. He has spent the last 17 years working on digital assets with a distributed team of top-tier software architects, engineers, and marketing specialists, all built from scratch. Projects have ranged from SaaS to the development of peer-to-peer platforms. He's in what feels like everything in the space. Create, buy, develop, sell, consult, operate. You name it, JP's done it. JP, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. So let's work backwards. You have some news today, at least officially. I know the deal closed a while ago, but you've just sold your most recent company. What was the name of that company? What'd you do? Ninja Outreach. Uh, it sold through Flippa because of Flippa, actually. The, uh, the CEO connected me with a buyer he felt was a good match. And sure enough, within a short period of time, perhaps a week, we had a deal down, done. Uh, after a few months of due diligence and paperwork, uh, we closed it out. Well, tell me about the business first, and then I'd love to talk about the flip-up sort of process. What was, what the, what's the company name and what did it do? So Ninja Outreach allowed you to discover social media accounts so you could connect with them and have them promote whatever it is you wanted them to get out into the world, right? A, a search engine for Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, so to speak. That's great. Now, did you have this idea and you built it from scratch with that remote team you mentioned in the introduction or did you, like, how'd you, how'd you build the company? So it's a hybrid. I acquired Ninja Outreach when it was a blogger discovery database or search engine, right? And it was just at the moment when social media was starting to really catch on, specifically the, the micro influencers. And I was, I guess, slightly early to the game and building what, this What database. year was that, JP? 2018 and built this database of Instagram accounts and made it somewhat easy to communicate with them. And we got lucky. We, we our traffic grew. We were er- slightly early and it went well. Now, JP, there's a lot of folks that have capital on the sidelines. They want to buy a SaaS company. They run into two challenges. One, finding a good one to buy. That's not like a 100x valuation, something ridiculous. And then number two challenges, if they get a deal they like and they actually close, 
making sure they run it where it doesn't go right into the ground. Like there's an engineer, a critical engineer that left and you can't log into the AWS console, for example. So walk me through those two hurdles. How did you find the business in the first place? Did you use a, a broker or a platform? And then two, what were the first three moves you did after you acquired it? So the discovery process for me is uh, multi-pronged. One, I do scan the broker websites. Uh, my favorite two are, without a doubt, Flippa um, and Andrew's new play. Um, so th that is the, the discovery process is easy at this point because they come to me. But this particular deal I found in a slightly unique way, which was uh, before Josh sold Bear Metrics, and they probably still have it, they have this open page, right? And on that page, they display uh, SaaS businesses and their revenue. And I just started contacting the ones that I felt were interesting. And Ninja Outreach was one of them. After back and forth, I was able to acquire it. Uh, now, mind you, it took me two trips to London and lots of calls to get them to sell this asset. It wasn't easy. How much time between the initial cold email outreach and you actually getting control of the website, the URL, the code? About a year. Wow, that's persistence. Okay, I mean, can I ask the scale of the business when it was on Metrics Open, how much revenue was it doing in 2018? I'm going to guess it was doing 60000 a month, but 20000 was from SEO customers. And I had come from running an SEO agency for a decade. And so the first thing I did when I stopped providing services and consulting was promise myself I'd never do that again. And, and so the, day one, I fired all the SEO clients, which was a third of revenue. And so Got we it. went from 60 to 40 on day one. Got it. So $40,000 a month in revenue after you, you stop, say, hey, we're not doing any more of the SEO stuff. Now, there's a lot of people listening right now, again, that want to do the same thing. They want to buy a company. Can you let us in a little bit under the hood here? How did you value the business and what did the deal look like back in 2018? <clears throat> so I, I perhaps value things slightly differently than most people. I ask myself, is this the highest and best use of my capital? Right? And I don't only look at other digital assets. I might compare it to traditional real estate investing and say, if I put the same amount of capital over in this other alternative asset class, what would I gain? Right? What is the timeline? How quickly are the uh, underlying uh, assets growing in valuation terms? And then I ask, how easy is it? The, the obvious stuff that most people know, is it easy to run? Right? What's the overhead like? Um, is it a growth industry? Uh, is there any customer concentration risk, right? And so I don't like any cust any any customer to account for more than two to five percent of revenue. Uh, before I bought Ninja Outreach, I had a, a juggernaut of a lead generation company in the assisted living industry, and I had two clients, and one of them was eighty percent of revenue. Talk about precarious, right? And so Ninja Outreach uh, was somewhat easy to run. It had three developers when I acquired it. It turned out it only actually needed one. And so uh, two of them uh, left on their own accord. Um, I would say a year too late, you know, I, I didn't need them from day one. And that was fortuitous that they did go, it saved a lot of overhead. And what was the other question? A lot of people, they finally get the deal done and then they run the business into the ground on accident. So you let some engineers go, you, it sounds like increased profits. What else did you do to drive growth and cut costs? So when we let go of the SEO clients, we let go of the SEO management team. I actually wanted to keep them, but because of the transition, oh, here, here's a fun fact. The, the sellers 
understandably didn't inform the team that the company had been sold. And the team that was doing SEO was on a vacation together in Italy. And then one day they're on vacation and they find out they have a new boss. And they felt that they, they were surprised. Now, I completely empathize with both sides here. I understand why the seller would try and you know, keep things under tight-lipped until it's done. It's absolutely the right thing to do. And I also understand the team's you know, surprise and, and decision to go on their own way. I guess they felt they knew how to do SEO and they could just start their own agency and they quit. Um, funny thing is, had they asked me if they could keep all the customers or and get any new leads, I would have said yes. And But they, they just quit and, and decided they were going to do their own thing. And I would have actually given them that 20000 in revenue if they'd have been cool and just ask. And I, I didn't want it. Um, so how do we keep it from falling apart? Well, when you buy a company like I do that's at least three years old, it's one of my prerequisites. You really don't have to do much to just keep it running, right? As long as you don't make a, a giant faux pas of a mistake, you're okay. Now, if you don't do much for too long, it will eventually start to fizzle out and die, as, as you know. And so the idea is to find what is that next big thing? How do we recreate ourselves uh, in much the same way that you know Steve Jobs killed the iPod when he came out with the iPhone because it performed the same function? I needed to, I needed to disrupt Ninja Outreach because as it stood, it wasn't going to last long as a blogger discovery tool. And that disruption came with really transitioning it into a social media discovery tool. So before we talk about leading up to the sale just recently, and then now what you're doing now with your time post-acquisition, can you take us back again to 2018? You did the deal. It was at 60K per month top line. You cut off 20K of SEO. It's doing 40K in true MRR. So call it like a six hundred to $800,000 annual run rate. What did you pay? What, what personal capital did you put up at risk on the acquisition? Well, I, I, I remember you told me I overpaid. And I, you're probably right. I did. I paid one2 and, um, did you get creative though? Did you, did you limit the amount of cash you had to put up somehow? No, I didn't. Um, no. I've been very aggressive um, in, in a lot of my early deals. I, actually, in all of my early deals, it was all cash. All cash there, up there front? A, all cash up front. There, there was a $200,000 holdback for six months. That's it. Yep. Yep. And of course, I'm structuring my deal slightly differently now that people know that I'm good for it, that I'm paying. And, and I'll, obviously... It's important for me from a risk analysis standpoint to hold some uh, money back or to have the seller hold some paper or seller financing, as, as they call it. And as a risk component, A, and additionally, just as importantly, it, it helps my money stretch further so I can acquire more deals simultaneously. So was I right or wrong? Did you overpay? You were right. Yes. And at that time, if anybody looked at it, they would say I overpaid, but that would be true of every deal I've done. There's no deal that you'd look at that I didn't sell for a profit that in the beginning you'd have said you, you got a good deal, mm -hmm. right? But I buy these assets not just on what they might be worth or valued at that time, but on what I believe I can grow them into, which really allows me to take pole position with the seller as, as this market heats up, as you've seen, it's getting harder and harder to close deals. So the seller is going to work with someone who's got cash, wants to put up mostly cash, who's easy to work with, knows how to transfer the assets smoothly and elegantly, isn't going to hold a, the, the, any holdback or seller financing hostage on the deal, so on and so forth. Now, 
in hindsight, because I was able to exit at something north of what I paid, you might say, okay, yes, I overpaid initially, but it worked out. Yep. Yep. Well, talk to me about growth. So between 2018 and the end of 2020, what were you able to grow the 40K per month in SaaS revenue up to? It, you know, it varies because as you know, our churn rate was through the roof. And so sometimes we'd have a $70,000 a month. Sometimes we'd have $140,000 a month and everything in between. Now, if you, had, if I, you're, you put a gun in my head and I had to tell you one month, one month on average, I'd say 80 grand, let's say, right? Um, on average. Yep. So but is it, you doubled. smaller staff, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you keep on. It, but with less staff, right? Less overhead, less administrative burden, burden, fewer tickets, fewer expenses. Uh, it, it was actually a really smooth operation. I, I'm not going to say I regret selling it. Let's just say I would have been just as happy to keep it as I was to sell it. Yep. So you double true SaaS revenue from 40K a month to 80K a month. You also increase profits because you run a more lean operation. I mean, is it so again, more than double sort of the value of the business, in my opinion, were you able to actually get the market to pay that price using Flippa? Did you sell yes. for more than 2.4? Sli- yes. Um, I, I think it's public. Is it not public? On, I, on- I didn't do a ton of research. If you can tell us though, how much did you sell it for? Um, I'm not sure if the the contract allows me to say, and I'm not trying to be coy. I just don't remember, but it was more than double than what I paid. Okay. Yeah. Let's just say it was only double, but it sounds like it's more, let's say it was only double. So basically you make 1.2 million, right? Over a three year, four year period. I mean, not about all. Plus the the net profit over that two and a half year, over the 30 months. Yep. Yep. It was a roughly, it was a roughly 300% return on leverage. If I had a company that, was somehow called FounderPath, having lent me the money initially, uh, I would have had a 2000% return if yeah. I would have you know, come to you for the cash from day one. Yeah, we're excited about this. It's one of the things we're working on is, is funding folks like you when you want to buy a company. Instead of putting up 1.2 million of cash yourself on a company doing 60 grand a month in revenue, we could have put up probably 300, 400 grand so you could juice your returns. You know, We'll do more of that in the future. But let's keep it focused on you here for the last three or four minutes. How did Flippa help here? How do they help you get a 300% on the return? It's not even, help is not the word, Andrew. Uh, Sorry, help is not the word, Nathan. Um, They made the deal happen. So I had listed it on Flippa. Everyone called me nuts. You know, the brokers that kind of shark through Flippa trying to hunt these types of deals to try and get the exclusive contracts or reaching out to me and, and telling me they... They would get me what I wanted and it would just, you know, cost me 15% as a commission. And, and frankly, there's a place for broke. You're not a, you're not a fan of, you're not, you're not a fan of FE International. I get it. Uh, no, uh, I, I'm going to keep my, I'm not going to keep my opinion to myself. Like Putin says, uh, what is it? <laughs> Opinions and feelings should be kept to oneself. <laughs> uh, but let's just say that I do believe brokers serve a purpose for individuals who can't sell their own assets. hundred percent. If someone has the capability to start and grow a SaaS company, there are outlets like Flippa that don't require you to go spend 10 or 50% of your initial uh, eventual outcome on a, on a fee. Absolutely unnecessary, in my opinion, for everybody. Some people need it. Some people don't. Now, how did Flippa make it happen? It's, it's simple. The CEO saw the deal, saw that it was the most popular deal on Flippa in terms of watchers, traffic, and eyeballs. 
picked up the phone uh, to, I guess, an, an outfit called uh, TCM that was actively buying deals. And, and I guess they had communicated and already done a big deal on Flippa that year. Put me in touch with their CTO. Then I had a quick call with the CEO. And within, I'd say, 48 hours, we had a handshake deal. And how long and until close? That was, that was work. You know, the, the buyer was large. And as you know, the bigger a company, the more red tape, the more legal, the more due diligence. It was it was a um, very good learning experience. If you're a fan of Star Wars, let me tell you, you come in a patty one and you come out like a Jedi in training after you deal with TCM. They are professionals, professionals to the T. Uh, I would say start to finish four or five months. JP, look, it's a hell of a story. You now have got this cash. What are you going to do with it? You're going to go buy another SaaS company, go into real estate, buy Bitcoin. What do you think you're going to do? You know, I live in uh, I, I lived in LA three years. Actually, we're both in LA right now. And I, I would have breakfast at the same place every day. And there was an old man there who's been in the in the picture business, as they call it here. They don't say movie business. They say the picture business. And I asked him one day after sitting next to him for two years, tell me about your industry. Teach me something. He says, kid, I'll tell you the only two things you need to know. One, don't get into the picture business. <laughs> and two, never use your own money. And so to answer your question, I started a fund. It's called Silver Tsunami. We're raising $25 million. I picked up 500000 of that actually right before this call uh, from a new investor. I'm very happy about it. And the goal is to use that capital to give my investors uh, a great return or a better return that they could out in the market. I think this is the decade where our industry uh, really kind of comes to its own, where institutional capital and retail investors start looking for opportunity in this space. And, and that's what Silver Tsunami is for. Guys, JP, uh, hey, hey, we'll see what happens. Where can people find you, uh, JP? Is it silverTsunami.com? Uh, so uh, JP at Silver Tsunami or JP at ConstantClick.com. Um, my profile on Flippa is open. They can message me through there. Um, th those are the best way, JP at SilverTsunami.com. Guys, there you have it. Ninja Outreach doing 60 grand a month in revenue back in 2018. JP paid all cash up front, $1.2 million for it. I thought he overpaid, but he saw vision I did not see. He ended up using Flippa here just recently, past six months, and ultimately sold it for more than 2x what he put in, generating over a 300% return unleveraged. Now raising a $25 million fund to buy more SaaS companies to scale in the space and try and use other people's money to get them a great return like he just did at Ninja Outreach using Flippa. JP, thanks for taking us to the top. Nathan, thank you for having me.